0: is Steven, and it's so great to have you here this morning. My wife and I have been uh, gone for a couple weeks. We were at an intense assessment where we were put in the microscope and looked under the hood to make sure everything was all good in the hood. All right, and uh, you know, as a result, we were given the green light, and today I'm officially your lead pastor once again, so I'm, I'm ready to be back, baby. Yeah, yeah. See, this restoration process has been a whole year, and it had a lot of steps involved. Now, if you've ever been through a serious health issue and you were recovering, has anybody been in the hospital for an extended period of time, maybe a couple weeks, a week, and it's just like, you're, I want out of here. Has anybody been there? Okay. Well, in, when you're in the hospital, when, when you're going through an ailment, a health ail- ailment, You will be in the hospital, and the doctors will be checking vitals. They'll be running tests. They'll be uh, keeping an eye on you, making sure you're getting to a healthy spot. And when I was uh, over a year ago, I was burned over 50% of my body. I was in intensive care for over a month. And let me tell you that it was not fun because you would hear the beeping sound. You were, were surrounded by unfamiliar people. You would hear the moans of other people who were burned. And you go in for scrubbings, and, and it was this really terrible experience. And I remember saying and being desperate for going home, just longing to be home, to be in a place of comfort, of safety. And I talked to the doctor, and I said, Doctor, I'm ready. I want to go home now. And he's like, well, you've got to do the steps. You've got to learn to walk again you got to be able to learn how to scrub your own body of your wounds. You have to be able to wean off medication. You've been on the, some of the most potent medications known to man. You have to do this, this, and this. I'm ready. I want to do it. And I sped up the process. And eventually the doctor says, okay, this is a tough guy. We'll let him go. And very quickly I realized that I had rushed the process I had skipped the steps, and now I was on home on my own to deal with a very painful recovery. You see, I wasn't ready. But God says, everybody turn to your neighbor this morning and say, God says, don't skip the steps. Don't deviate, don't procrastinate. All you got to do to win this battle is to take one step at a time. Now, I'll be very, very clear with you this morning that there are moments that try the human soul so violently that if the truth were told, we would all have moments where we'd say, I wanted to give up. I wanted to run away. You see, discouragement can sneak in discreetly It will hide behind clothes, behind makeup, behind a smile. It will always catch a ride with you in the morning, but if it doesn't catch a ride with you in the morning, it will catch a ride with you on the way home. Discouragement will go into the car or a tent of a homeless person. It will creep into HUD housing, but it doesn't stop there, no. It will creep into a middle-class neighborhood and Come and sit down and have a cup of coffee with you in the morning. It'll come and plop down next to you in a mansion and soak its feet in the jacuzzi and tell you life's not worth living. You see, if you listen to discouragement, it will cause you to make bad decisions. And I see it all the time in the morning and Sunday. It'll hide behind a smile. Behind, hey, praise the Lord, Pastor Stephen, so great to see you. But behind the cloak is that discouragement. Particularly discouraging is a life of the believer where we see from season to season. And not just our trials, not our personal messes, but we see from season to season the wicked go forward while the righteous are held back. Sometimes we see people succeeding who didn't pray nearly as hard as we did or work nearly as hard as we did or had not been as faithful at all. But it seems they still have moments of victory placed in close proximity so we can see it seemingly flaunted in our face while all hell has broken out in our lives. And if you're not careful, you got to be careful. The very sight of their prosperity becomes your agony. And it is a test you're going to go through right now. It's not that that baffles you, but the success displayed before you that makes you despair of life. Kind of like when King David says... In Psalms 37, verse 1 through 2, don't worry about the wicked. It also says in other translations, do not fret about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they will soon fade away like spring flowers. They will soon wither. I got something to tell you really important this morning. One of, uh, one of the best people that's walked alongside me in seasons of discouragement and has given me wisdom and has been a rock for me is my man, Executive Pastor Mel Stout. He is incredible. He, He once told me something really important, really wise. He said, don't make a permanent decision over a temporary circumstance. Don't let a moment of agony let you draw a conclusion about life prematurely. Just keep walking with God. He has a way of making everything work out. So let's, let's invite him here this morning. If we could, everybody could bow their heads and close their eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you will help us each step of the way win the race that you've set before us. Heavenly Father, we pray that your spirit would rest now on us you would speak through me and that you would encourage those who have come. And we pray this in Jesus precious name. And everybody said, Amen, hey, we're going to open up to Psalms chapter 37 verses 23. Everybody say, word. All right, we've got your Bibles ready to go. Your, our smartphones have it on there as well. We're going to dive in and, and take a look at what God has to say for us this morning. Psalm 37:23, Jesus warns us and declares to us that the what? That the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Everybody say steps. Yep. Steps. yep. The term steps implies a process. It means that it's going to take a while. It means that you can't get to the destination just because you want it, just because you saw it, just because you would like it. Or just because you need it. See, we as visionaries, especially pastors, we're tormented by vision. Us visionaries are tormented because we see what shall be, but are stuck seeing what is. We see the future. We see someone 10 years down the process, a leader in them, and we want it now. We see where our church could be going and the great things we could be doing, but we want it now. And there are steps along the process. Sometimes a visionary cries out, God, don't even show me. Don't even, don't even show me because, especially what shall be, because I have to go home to a harsh reality. You see, the tension between what shall be and what is Creates an agony. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verses 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. See, there are moments when I'd rather not know that I'm going to be king, when I'm going to be sent back out to the field to tend sheep. God, why didn't you just hide this from me? Because now I just want to speed up the process to reach my destiny. I want the fast track to success. But that can't be done. Just listen to this, guys. A blessing given too soon is not a blessing at all. In fact, it's a curse. In about 15 years, I can give my daughter, Katulani, the keys to my truck. Oh, boy. But now it would not be a blessing at all. She can't handle it. The truck can. The road can. I can give it to her, but she can't handle it. So the question I have to ask you this morning is, would I be a good father if I gave her a good thing too soon? See, sometimes my goodness is proven by My ability to say, not yet. See, the story of the prodigal son teaches us that if we get what's ours too soon, we can't handle it. The son says, hey, Father, and this is in Luke 15, verses 12, give me my share of the estate. And the father relents and gives him that. And the blessing drove him right over the edge. And my prayer has always been, God, don't give me more than I can handle. You know when to bless me. You know when you know how to bless me. You know when I'm ready to be blessed. So teach me patience in the process. Because God has ordered the steps. Everybody say, God has ordered the steps. That's our big idea this morning. If you write it down, the steps of a good man are Ordered by the Lord. So we ought not skip any. Amen. Write that down. Now there are three reasons. That God has ordered our steps. Because one. It helps us not wander aimlessly. I prayed that. I wouldn't have to endure some things. That he wanted me to endure. But there is a course for us that we have to take and that we can't graduate till we take it and God is not making this up as he goes. I thought God made this up as he goes. Right? That's why I prayed as we go along so that he could make it up my way. Right? So I prayed to abort the process. I prayed that speed it up. I prayed to get out of things God wanted me to press into. I was working on the destination, but He was working on me. And sometimes He made me slow down and said, Nope, you skipped that step. Go back and do it again. You see, if you skipped it with Jeremy, right, he'll send it back with Freddie. If you skipped it with Koa... He'll have have to make you go through it with William. If you skipped it with Ashley, you're going to have to go through it with Leah. And all of these are tools that God is using to work on you. You see, God is saying, I'm not preparing the blessing for you. He's not. I am preparing you for the blessing. The blessing is already prepared. Come on, I'm going to have to preach this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 says, What no eye has seen, what, no ear, what ear has heard, and what no human has conceived, the things that God has what? Prepared for those who love Him. Did you know that your blessing is already there? It's already prepared. It's already in place. And God isn't fixing it up right now. It's already done. The work doesn't have to be applied to where you're going. The work has to be applied to you so that when you get where you're going, you can handle what you got to handle. Right? Turn your neighbor and say, The steps of good man are ordered by the Lord. I don't skip any. You wanted that good husband, but you weren't a good wife. You wanted children, but you weren't a good parent. You wanted a good wife, but you weren't a good man. And anytime you get something too soon, you will trip up on the steps. So God puts us in a process and orders steps the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, so don't skip any. So God has ordered our steps because, one, it helps us not to wander aimlessly. It gives us focus and direction. Number two, it is a step may arrive too soon. That's why he orders them. You don't want step 10 when you're on step 3. Can I get an amen this morning? We always like to put the buggy before the horse, don't we? We like this jump ahead. That's what the American culture is all about. The fast track, the fast food, the fast service. We want it now. But even Jesus had steps. John chapter 6 verses 14 through 15 says, After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they had intended to come and make him king by force, what did he do? withdrew again to a mountain by himself. They tried to crown him too soon, so he disappeared because they were trying to skip the steps. Jesus is like, no, you can't crown me before you cross me. It's my cross that makes my crown. It's my agony that makes my ecstasy. It is my sickness that makes my healing. It is my poverty that illuminates my prosperity. It makes me appreciate where I am right now. You see, you guys, you don't notice good health unless you've been sick. Amen? You won't understand the words that are coming out of my mouth if you have not been sick. When it comes to health. You will never thank God for feeling good unless you felt bad. You will never thank God for your back, your neck, your kidneys, for your liver until it's been unwell. But after you've been sick, you'll start thanking God for crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Let me talk to you over here for a minute. How many of you are like, man, I'm thanking God this morning I have a few dollars in my pocket. That I'm out of debt. Some of you here is like, I'm lucky to be alive because I ought not to have been alive. I have experienced hell and back. And so I'm thanking God for my every breath. In this moment, I'm thanking God for the miracle of this moment. We're thanking God for crazy stuff. When you have been to hell and back, you can thank God for the little steps because the steps... Of a good man are ordered by the Lord, so don't skip any. See, I, as a pastor, don't have to be on a stage to be grateful. I can praise him on the steps. Touch your neighbor this morning and praise him on the steps. Don't wait till you get on the stage, don't wait till you get finished, don't wait till everything is in order. But every now and then, you ought to stop right in the middle of the step and say, Lord, I thank you. I'm not where I'm going to be, but I'm glad I'm not where I used to be. Is there anybody out here who is praising God this morning on the steps? That would be me. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not there yet. I'm not finished yet. I haven't arrived yet. But when you see me praising God, I'm praising him on the steps. See, God has ordered our steps because he wants us to not wander aimlessly. He wants us to not step on a step too soon. But thirdly, he wants each of us to draw closer to him on the steps. And I'm talking about this worship thing. There's something to that now. There's something powerful about worshiping God in our trials. Paul and Silas are in prison in stocks, beaten half to death, and they're worshiping God in the steps. The devil hates step praise. Let me say it again. The devil hates step praise. Satan hates step praise. Praise that stops in the middle of the step and shouts, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 through 14 one thing i do forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead i press everybody say i press i press on toward the goal to win the prize for which god has called me however homeward, heavenward in christ jesus everybody say i press i press I press towards the mark. Slap your neighbor this morning. Come on, wake up now. Tell him that I press. I press over depression. I press over rejection. I press over fear. I press over loneliness. Devil, you thought you had me, but every time you tried, I pressed. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, I know I'm not perfect. No, I'm not perfect. But one thing I do is I press. Every morning, we get out of bed. Every day, we get in the car. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. You better not go to sleep on the steps. You better not start start crying on the steps. You better not give up on the steps. You better not collapse on the steps, because they will find you on the steps, and if you lay down, they will run over top of you, and I don't care when you wake up, if it's sunshine or rain, pleasure or pain, when you get up in the morning, put on your pants, on and press, grab your neighbor this morning and say, press, press. I, I measure the value of a man on how hard he presses in spite of falling. That's how you determine a true fighter. How you press through difficult times tells me how hard you hit. How many of you have seen some hard hits in the Super Bowl past Sunday? Whew, Those helmets flying everywhere. I love that. You can be all big and muscle-bound and still hit with no force. How many of you have seen that before? You see force, kinetic energy, energy, and motion. You can't have energy sitting down. Energy is measured by motion. That's why the devil wants you to sit down, to shut up, to feel sorry for yourself. But you ought to blow the devil's mind this morning just when he thinks he got you down, you ought to shock him and press. I feel a pressing spirit in here this morning. I feel a determination in here this morning. I feel a fight in here this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, get on them steps this morning. (laughs) Don't sit there and say it's it's going, to be, it's going to be easy, and it's not going to happen to you because you're good. No, it's going to happen to you because you are good. He ordered you up on the steps. He didn't let you bypass the process. All those people who offered you those quick deals, you know what I'm talking about. The reason the deal went down is because God ordered you to go up on the steps. He didn't intend for you to go up on the elevator. No escalator for you. He knew that if you got there too soon, you wouldn't be ready for it. He slowed down the process and he let the deal go down because it wasn't time yet. When it's time... It's going to happen. It's going to come. When it's time, it will come to pass. When it's time, you're going to be coming out of trouble. When it's time, no grave will be able to hold you down. When it's time, God is going to resurrect you. When it's time, God will do it. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So don't skip any. So, Pastor Stephen, what do I do in the meantime? Well, I wait to reach my destination. The only thing I have to worry about is Lord, help me to not skip the steps. You know, they met up with Job one day and said, Job, your children are dead, your cattle are dead. Your wife despises you. Your reputation is ruined. And he says, all right, I'm still in the race. The Lord knows that when he has tried me, I will come out of it as pure gold. I don't know who God has sent me to preach this morning, but I know that somebody is getting encouraged. Amen. But I'm here to tell you that you're right On track. That's the good news this morning. You're right on track to win the race. You don't have the strength to stand. That's okay. Stand up anyway. And whatever happens, just say, Lord, you ordered this step. I won't murmur in it. I won't complain in it. I won't be fearful. I won't be frightened in it. I'm right on track. High five someone this morning and say, "I am right on track." Amen. Amen. Now, someone who has pressed and stood by his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ through the fire is melted out. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, man, we, uh, we just really love you, bro, and uh, let's step into the light here so everybody can see your, your, your manly, sexy self there. Uh, now, um, we just want to tell you that, um, you know, we really, really, really do love you, and uh, you know, we're, we have been so blessed. This whole church has been so blessed by you being here, and we're so lucky that you live down the street, so we can come and harass you anytime we like. We want to go golfing with them. We want to go and... Just hang out and have a barbecue. You're there. And uh, we just want to say thank you. On behalf of the church, we wanted to honor you and uh, got you a little gift. We'd like you to open it and see if you like it. Uh, it's a terrible man wrapping job. Uh, I tried to get somebody else that knows how to do the foo foo things, uh, I just couldn't find anybody. There you go. So appreciate everybody that's been a part of the awakening through the years and my opportunity to um, be used by God in however He wants to use me. And it's been wonderful. And I, I so much want to thank my wife for the yes. grace that she has shown me to allow me to uh, do all these things, and sometimes run around with a like a chicken with my head off. <laughs> and uh, just thank you so much, dear. Yeah, I'd like to jump piggyback off that, Lonnie. It would not have been possible without you standing with Mel, because Amber knows I know because. I swapped roles with her for a while, being the stay-at-home dad. I, just without that support at home, none of that could have happened. So, we we thank you, and you know, God bless the both of you. Let's all let's extend our hands out to them and pray over them. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for uh, just how well Mel and Lonnie have pressed. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless them in this season, Lord. If you give them rest and peace and Lord, and we know that you're not done using Mel. He's going to be witnessing to people as he goes on the submarine and uh, as he uh, builds relationships and continues to just live here in Maui, Lord, that he will just continue, uh, st- uh, continue walking and, and building your kingdom. Father, we just pray that um, you would just, um, just anoint him, bless him as he, he goes, and we just thank you for him and Lonnie, and we just pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Amen.